You're listening to the Oz Movies Podcast, only on the Oz Network. Welcome to week number two of Anniversary Month. And look at this, compared to last year, we're already two for two, two weeks in a row. That is a 100% improvement over last year's Anniversary Month that ran from September to December. Uh, But we are jumping right into our favorite movie on this list and our last minute replacement which is 2004's The Notebook. That's right. We could be talking about Michael Caine in the original Italian job for its 50th anniversary, but we said, let's have some variety. Let's do The Notebook's 15th anniversary. And here we are. Um I know a couple of people are very excited to hear this. Um whether or not they're going to find the podcast, I don't know. But those people's names are Rachel McAdams and Ryan Gosling. Uh, let's get into it. My name is Colin, and Colin and Ben, a boy and a girl, who gave a remarkably convincing portrayal of a boy and a girl traveling down a very long road with no regard for the consequences. And my name is Ben, and I'm no one special, just a common man with common thoughts. What's your line for the opening? <laughs> oh, right. Sorry. Oh, um, I, if you're a bird, I'm a bird. <laughs> oh, I feel sick now. <laughs> so. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Are we done yet? I already saw the running time of this. Yeah, you know, this isn't going to take us long. Um, I'll be perfectly honest, though. I mean, I'll we touch a little bit of our history of this uh, last week, but. I saw this movie, I think when it first came out, it was still playing in theaters, and it it, it wasn't something that looked interesting to me, at, to me at all. In fact, it looked downright awful to me. Um, at this point, Nicholas Sparks was not a big deal, so I think he'd had two of his books made into a movie. There was a Message in a Bottle with Kevin Costner, and then A Walk to Remember with Mandy Moore, uh, neither of which got very good reviews. This one came out, and in comparison to all the others, got good reviews, and somehow this tiny movie that probably should have barely been released because nobody in the cast was well-known and uh, the director was unproven and it looked really boring. It came out and became a massive hit in comparison, I guess, to expectations and kind of became a phenomenon. So I think this movie came out in the summer and it was still playing like close to Christmas break from my memory. And I think that's when I went to go see it because I'd heard several people who weren't like 80 years old, the the audience you would think would go see a movie like this, um, who were like teenagers and like, wow, this movie is so good and just couldn't stop talking about it. So I'm like, okay, well, I I think I went to go see a couple movies. I think it was Johnny English and this one day. And I walked away from being like, yeah, it was pretty good. I I didn't hate it or anything. But uh, Jamie was kind of my gauge, as I mentioned last week. And she... One point she did does own this movie, and at one point I think was a huge fan of this, and must have watched it recently. So when I told her we were doing the Notebook, she's like, "Oh, that is such an average movie," and I'm like, "Really? <laughs> what changed about this movie?" And I s- sort of started to wonder: Is this something that maybe has become a little dated and outdated at this point, and uh, kind of overdone with just with the genre? And that's kind of my impression off watching it this time. I I really don't hate anything about this movie. Uh, I never loved it in the first place. This might be my first time I've seen it in 15 years, but it just feels so average and like nothing spectacular about it. And I think the most interesting thing about this movie is the fact that it launched two massive movie stars, two massive Canadian movie stars, um, 
one of which I appreciate, and the other one's Ryan Gosling. <laughs> and it, it's it's weird because at the time they were complete unknowns, which is why this movie caught so many people off guard when it became the hit that it was. Uh, but I don't know. I just I don't really feel like anything about this movie really holds up that well. We did this movie already, didn't we? Like two years ago, there was a boat and an iceberg involved, or something like that. Like. We've done this. It was already. much more nauseating. Much more <laughs> nauseating two years ago. Oh, it was much more amazing and great acting and people you cared about and people who look good and actually good dialogue and actually good acting and lines that don't revolve around birds and traffic lights. Um, <laughs> yeah, I have no history with this film except for hey, let's do this movie for the fifteenth anniversary. Uh, it was a movie, obviously, I was very much aware of. Any woman or female I hang around with that didn't put a restraining order against me, uh, there was always, oh, this is the most amazing movie. Oh, it's the saddest movie. Oh, it's so good. And I had no idea who Ryan Gosling was, I think, until uh, there was a season of Big Brother in Australia where one of the contestants was obsessed with Ryan Gosling. And I'm like, who's Ryan Gosling? And I'm like, oh, it's a guy from The Notebook. I'm like, oh, okay. Um... I knew Rachel McAdams from Mean Girls, and that's about it. Um, and yeah, the only other knowledge is that, oh, it's got one of the saddest endings you'll ever see. Everyone always cries in this movie. I cried in this movie, but not for those reasons. I was waiting for it to end. <laughs> Why am I doing this? Why am I watching this movie? Um, I This is a reason why I don't have a lot of people in my life that are female, because I completely trashed Dirty Dancing two years ago, and I'm going to completely trash The Notebook. Uh, two years later, so... Um, hi, all female listeners. Well, you are all going to be you, leaving you, again. The reason you don't have a lot of women in your life is A, because of that, and B, because of the restraining orders. Mm. I think we've covered that before. True, yes, exactly, exactly. So, um, well, <laughs> Now, is Mallory a fan of The Notebook? Oh, God, is she a fan of The Notebook? Okay, Nicholas Sparks <laughs> is, like, probably more of a love to her than I am. Um, <laughs> same with Ryan Gosling. Um, I swear the only book she ever reads are Nicholas Sparks books, and the only thing she's ever thinking about when she's with me is Ryan Gosling. Um, like, at least the, <laughs> at least the other half of the Canadian Ryans is actually good, um, and I would be fine with coming home and, oh, you're just in bed with Ryan Reynolds, that's fine, I'm just gonna go watch TV. Uh, I mean, he looks like a thumb, we went over this last week and he can't act! <laughs> I don't get it. And I think he's shirtless seven times in this movie, I think I counted. And, like, oh, what? He's, oh. (laughs) So, Jamie. Jamie is the polar opposite from Mallory. She doesn't like Ryan Gosling at all. She spent the majority of this movie saying, why do women like this guy? He's so ugly. And then (laughs) spent probably the other half of the movie, every time James Marsden was on screen, saying, why doesn't she go for this guy? He's so much hotter. Exactly. Uh, it's just, um, uh, my history with Ryan Gosling's uh, more interesting than my history with the Notebook because uh, I mentioned last week that I had uh, still to this day have a bit of a grudge or dislike for Ryan Gosling or an aversion to him um, because my favorite show, uh, at least as a, a teenager was the Kevin Sorbo Hercules, the legendary journeys, which is still a great guilty pleasure for me. And they did a spinoff of that, which was Young Hercules, that starred Ryan Gosling as young Kevin Sorbo. Because (laughs) you look at those two guys side by side. I mean, it's like their father and son, or at least brother and younger brother. Um, But I could not 
deal with the young Hercules show would have been fine, but I could not deal with it just because of him. I just I couldn't stand him on that show. And I remember after Young Hercules went off the air, uh, like I watched like three episodes of the show. Um, he appeared in Remember the Titans. And uh, Remember the Titans is, uh, I love Remember the Titans, but it's easily probably my brother's top five favorite movies of all time. And easily in his top five most watched movies of all time. Yeah, I think everybody has that movie when you're growing up that you'll put on every single day. Um, for him, that was Remember the Titans. So I know the movie by heart, even though I've never owned the movie. Uh, and I would really only watch it when he was there. Ryan Gosling has a small role in that, which is more a comic relief. And he would, I don't know if he was doing it to taunt me or if he legitimately did like Ryan Gosling. But he's like, this guy's great. And I'm like, no, he's not. He's terrible. <laughs> and every time he made a movie, like post The Notebook, when he started getting all these Oscar nominations for his dramatic movies. And I will say, he's, he's a pretty good dramatic actor. I don't find him particularly exciting, but he's a good dramatic actor. But my brother will still go out of his way to watch a Ryan Gosling movie just because he appreciates him as an actor. <laughs> and he's like, yeah, he's awesome. I'm like, no, young Hercules, can't get over it. So... I'm over my hatred of Ryan Gosling. I think by the time I saw this movie, I could accept him in a movie, but I still don't get it. I mean, he's he's not exciting. I don't find that his performance is particularly good in this movie. I think Rachel McAdams is far better than he is. There's a lot of uh, it, uh, dialogue that no actor can properly deliver in this movie. <laughs> but him in particular, I will go as far as to say that of the, let's say the five, six lead actors in this movie... The elderly Ryan Gosling and Rachel McAdams, uh, the real Ryan Gosling, Rachel McAdams, James Marsden, and Joan Allen. Ryan Gosling's probably gives the weakest performance of this movie. Yeah, um, that's an understatement. Uh, I just, I don't <laughs> get it. I don't get it because I don't think he, I don't think pretty much anyone in this movie can really act. I wouldn't say that he's oh this our old couple have problems. <laughs> um, <laughs> I mean Gina Rollins. Um, who is she? Uh, she's the mother of the <laughs> the director. That's about all I know who she is. Um, oh, and, is she really? Yeah. Oh, trivia for you. Um, I think the funnest part I had about watching this movie and actually, you know, preparing for this episode is finding out the, the nearly people who were nearly cast in this movie and thinking about how mm. better it could have been. I mean, Tom Cruise <laughs> was attached to this movie. Um, even Justin Timberlake. Now, you might scoff at that, but I... Ah. Justin Timberlake can act. So, I think he can act better than Ryan Gosling. Uh, I mean, mind you, though, Britney Spears was attached to this movie, so we could have had a much worse <laughs> movie. But, uh, I mean, imagine Tom Cruise in this movie. Come on, that would we would be loving this movie, wouldn't we? Just because Tom Cruise oh, can yeah. pull it off. <laughs> but here's the thing. Tom Cruise, even in the most depressing scene, is smiling ear to ear. Like, Ryan Gosling, I don't know if he has the ability to smile. He has no facial movement. He's, he's got permanent yeah, exactly. like, Botox. It just doesn't move. <laughs> yeah. Nothing moves on that face. It's just, it's permanently still. You realize we talked about that maybe a few people who would actually be excited about hearing this episode, most of which would be women. They've all tuned out at this point. I just want to make it clear. <laughs> this isn't going to be, let's bash a movie or we're two guys that just don't get this romantic movie. I mean, Ben was saying just before the show about uh, how he wants to watch Titanic. And <laughs> I mean, I, I wouldn't go that far. But th there's a lot of movies even this type of genre that i can appreciate it's just and i don't dislike this in any way i just find it especially now if it's the same argument i made when we were making uh that or making it felt like the making the making of the titanic recaps on anniversary month 2017 um 
I just feel like if that same movie were released today, if people didn't have that nostalgia for it, you release Titanic today, people are going to be like, what an average movie. And that's kind of what I feel like The Notebook is. that It was the right movie at the right time. And it's just been done so many times since, and not just Nicholas Sparks, but you know, through so many other writers, directors, and knockoffs, that it just it doesn't feel like anything fresh. It just feels dated. It feels unspectacular in every way. Well, I mean, even as a Titanic hater, surely you've got to admit that the, that Titanic's more watchable purely for the fact that you've kind of got this dramatic no. boat no. sinking in it, and no. it's, come on! No. <laughs> It's the same movie. I'll still take, I'll still take the birds over oh. uh, <laughs> Jack. Jack. <laughs> oh no! And uh, one thing though, like yes, we did it with Cal in, uh, and you know Billy Zane in Titanic. But <laughs> I think legitimate, absolute defense of James Marsden in this movie because yeah, the, like I agree with everything you just said about it's not about just us purely bashing this film because we're men. Um. I honestly believe this is a poorly written movie. I think the dialogue is terrible. I think it's cheesy. I, I think it's almost like comparable when you're talking about Bohemian Rhapsody, how this could just be a lifetime movie of the week. Like, this to me feels like it's yeah. a midday movie on the Lifestyle channel or something like that. It's just, it's over the top and cheesy. And I just, it just, decisions in this movie make me, like, there's nothing wrong with James Marsden. Like, does he go yeah. into casting calls and it's like, oh, yeah, I'll just play the guy that no one chooses at the end. I know, I know what I'm typecast as. Why? <laughs> like, he's so hot and he looks great in that <laughs> uniform. Like, Rachel McAdams, you're blind. You're blind. Hey, my profile pic is him with the bruised face in a body cast and he still looks better than Ryan Gosling. He does. He really, really does. He's got money. Your parents approve. <laughs> like, it's just and stupid. Just to go... To go along with how this isn't just, oh, I hate Ryan Gosling because he was young Hercules, I hated James Marsden even more. <laughs> uh, because I think the first movie he ever made was called Disturbing Behavior. Did you ever see that? No, let me guess. He didn't get chosen, though, by the girl in the end. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> it was, if, you've, if you're familiar with the Stepford Wives, imagine the Stepford Wives for teenagers, uh, where it's this town that the parents are kind of brainwashing their kids to all be perfect kids. Uh, it's just about mind control and everything. And it's just, it's such an awful movie. Like when I think about that movie, I still feel nauseous to this day uh, just because it was that bad. And it, I may rank it as my least favorite movie ever made. And he was the star of that. And I hated him for that. Then he did X-Men and I hated him in X-Men. I hated him in X-Men too. And then I saw some behind the scenes footage from X-Men and realized this guy, like, he has not been cast in the right role because he is one of the funniest people. I'm not even talking about just, you know, dramatic actors. Like I would put him in real life up there with stand-up comedians. Like, you know, the, the guys who are on whose line is it anyway, or uh, Jim Carrey or uh, Jerry Seinfeld. Like he's that funny in real life and that charismatic. And when he's been allowed to show that in some comedies, like I love the guy. Uh, but even still at this point watching this movie, I couldn't have cared less about James Marsden. I walk out of this movie feeling more for James Marsden. I think the thing that uh, if there's anything I want to do on this episode, it's to kind of make people understand how men and women will view a story differently because this is a movie made 100% for women. Mm -hmm. yep. And there, I've always had this, not even a theory. It's like, I believe this is fact that there are certain things that are misinterpreted by certain genders just because they view things differently. Like the, the classic example would be gone with the wind. Uh, Women watch Gone with the Wind and they think it's a great love story. And I don't know if you've ever seen Gone with the Wind, but 
the purpose of Gone with the Wind is actually supposed to be about a miserable woman who ends up alone. And women are like, oh, it's such a romantic movie. It's like, no, it isn't. You missed the point of the movie. <laughs> I feel like The Notebook, I'm not missing the point of the movie, but the filmmakers were missing the point of making a movie that a guy could watch. Because every guy, I believe 100%, every guy watching this movie is going to walk out feeling bad for James Marsden and hating Ryan Gosling's guts. And I would completely agree with that. And I think, as we often say, and I often say, watch the Honest trailer. It sums it up so well, uh, kind of what it is. And in the Titanic comparison as well, like, yeah, we joked about Billy Zane and all that sort of stuff. The, the difference with Titanic in this film is that they go out of their way, I think, to try and make Billy Zane an asshole. We try to debunk yeah. that a little bit. And I think the difference is, too, is that Leonardo DiCaprio is genuinely likable, and you can kind of see why Kate Winslet would go for him. This movie, it all borders down to the fact that she had a bit of a summer little fling, she then actually meets her dream guy, and then decides to go cheat on him to get it out of a system before she marries him, and then realises, oh no, I'm actually in love with this guy. Like, this, Mallory's going to do this a part- to me a week before the wedding. I know yeah. it's going to happen, and I'm going to be James Marsden in this situation. But the difference is, I'm not going to sit there and go, you choose whatever you want, Ali. Like, fuck you. Like, oh, no. Yeah. It's annoying. James yeah. Marsden, I love you, but come on, stand up for yourself. You're so good. Go <laughs> punch the shit out of that thumb-faced guy. <laughs> oh, we're going to get into that later on. That'll be fun. Um <laughs> So, just as a warning, this recap... At least Billy Zane tried. Sorry. At least Billy (laughs) Zane tried to get his girl back. Well, I've got a very strong theory on why this movie doesn't work dramatically when we get to that moment, which... uh, Let's kind of jump into it here. Um, So, I'm going to breeze through a lot of stuff here because, again, I I haven't seen this movie in 15 years. I I wasn't going into this expecting to be like, ooh, there's some problems with this movie. But so much of this movie is just montages <laughs> we've got about 45 minutes of actual script here to get through uh i mean 45 minutes in the movie of script of a movie that's two hours and five minutes so um movie just jumps right into i guess the old people uh which the first note i made was uh are ryan gosling and rachel mcadams watching this movie on premiere night feeling very sad that this is how they're going to look in 50 years because <laughs> you have the these two young people and I understand the point of the movie is that you don't want to spoil that this is them later on. Like, they both let themselves go. Let's be honest. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and they've not aged well. This is, let's say it's 50 years. I still don't think they've aged well for 50 years. Um, but I will say, I love James Garner. Uh, James Garner, obviously, he was a bigger star, you know, long before I was born. The first thing I saw him in was the 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 movie Maverick with Mel Gibson, which he had a supporting role in, but he was the star of the TV series Maverick. That's what he became famous on. Uh, but then the thing that I always love him for is Space Cowboys, which uh, I, I don't know. I'll make a strong case to include that in Anniversary Month next year because Space Cowboys is kind of a forgotten movie was my Remember the Titans. That was the movie my brother would put on Remember the Titans and I'd put on Space Cowboys. I love James Garner. And also he was on the show Eight Simple Rules. Uh, after John Ritter died, they kind of brought in him and David Spade as replacements. So James Garner is great, but he always just plays James Garner. Uh, this movie is, for a movie that's two hours and five minutes of a lot of nothing happening, they jump so quickly into the movie where I'm like, take your time to develop these characters. Like, Let me tell you a story. And then within seconds... 
you've introduced the characters. You've got Ryan Gosling checking out Rachel McAdams. You've got him trying to hit on her. You've got her going on a Ferris wheel with another guy. You've got him climbing the Ferris wheel, which just see, it, it seems so forced and over the top and like the type of things that are that are nauseating in Nicholas Sparks in the first place. Like women are supposed to be like, oh, he's so persistent. You're like, well, this guy's an idiot. Um, he's hanging there saying, oh, okay, I'll jump if you don't go out with me. So she agrees eventually to go out with him. Um, then she pulls his pants down for what reason? I don't know. Um the funny thing is that uh, Jamie, who, again, is not a fan of Ryan Gosling at all, she's watching Rachel McAdams on this Ferris wheel with the other guy. And she's like, why is she with this old man? Like, even Ryan Gosling's better than this guy. Because this guy looks like about 45 years old. So pedophile on the Ferris wheel here. Um, then uh, they they jump right into the plot. They, they or jump too quickly into the plot because she says she'll go out with him. They see each other in public. And she's like, well, I take it back. The next thing you know... Instead of having him be persistent and maybe plot with this friend of his about, well, how am I going to get her to go out with him? They're cutting within seconds to her going to a movie with these friends. And they're, oh, what a coincidence. Ryan Gosling's here. And uh, all of a sudden, she's just in love with this guy. But they, they, there's no transition. They go from her finding him annoying and, and being, you know, just like, I want to get out of seeing this guy. And even being annoyed when he shows up to, when they go to this movie. To suddenly she's just, I want to walk home with him, and I'm in love with him. They lie down on the pavement. Um, it's a, uh, the, the whole traffic light scene, like, oh, don't worry, there's no cars here. Um, again, I'm not criticizing the movie because it's not unwatchable, but I find especially the introduction of this movie to be really bad. And when they're lying down on the pavement, I don't even know what they were talking about because I swear I lost consciousness three times during that scene. <laughs> and the only note I made here, and I had to struggle to think about why I was making this note, which is why I'm convinced I lost consciousness. <laughs> I said, thank God the car woke me up. And that's the moment when they're lying down on the pavement together and an actual car suddenly speeds towards them. And they have to rush up. That woke me. I said, that car woke me up. Um, very slow start to the movie here. Uh, we have that terrible line as i quoted at the beginning about um uh, what are their characters names let's just call them uh, ryan and rachel ryan and rachel gave a remarkably Simon convincing portrayal george or whatever name is in mean yeah. <laughs> neil armstrong <laughs> neil armstrong um, and dr strange's girlfriend yeah <laughs> uh there's this horrible line which is the most long-winded line i've ever heard where it's Ryan and Rachel gave a remarkably convincing portrayal of a boy and a girl traveling down a very long road with no regard for the consequences. <laughs> like, who wrote this? First of all, I'm confused. Is this his notebook to her later yeah, on? Yeah, or was this deal with the notebook? Think, is, like, what, is, it was a notebook. There is no notebook in this movie. Like, I know he's reading from a book, <laughs> but is it a notebook? Or is it looks like a freaking novel to me. False yeah, advertising. Exactly. I don't... <laughs> I mean, a notebook might be a hundred pages, but it's a hundred very thin pages <laughs> that is is like I don't know the 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 thickness of your thumb or Ryan Gosling's head, whichever you prefer. Um, I get the confused. this notebook. <laughs> this notebook is like the size of War and Peace. <laughs> but like, there's no way Ryan Gosling's character is smart enough to write a line that long, unless you realize that it's the most long-winded line of dialogue ever written. Uh, and all of a sudden, she's just jumping. They're, they're, again, cutting way too quickly into, and they were in love, and she's jumping all over him. Now, I don't know about you know what it's like on your side of the world, but <laughs> I would say even growing up, 80s and 90s, public displays of affection like these two are giving each other, 
not really very common, even as I was growing up in the 80s and 90s. And they're what, in like the 30s or 40s here? Like, they are basically dry humping each other in front of her parents throughout half of this movie, and nobody turns an eye to it. It's just, it's bizarre. It, it feels like it just doesn't belong in the time period. Um, we quickly meet Sam Shepard, uh, who's another great actor that uh, has no presence in this movie because he's just written in and out. And uh, they, get, I guess she gets invited for supper at his house. Uh what is this line? Oh, the bird, yeah. Do you think in another life I could have been a bird? So then we get the the horrible bird scene, which there's some okay stuff coming up in this movie, but when they're together, this is why I want to say, it's not just about James Marsden. I feel like them as a couple during this early part of the movie is the worst stuff in the movie because it's just, it's so corny. It's bad. Like the bird scene, I was struggling to to, to choke down the vomit. Like, I'm glad I have a good gag reflex because otherwise I would have thrown up all over the carpet. Jamie would have been so mad at me. Uh, (laughs) She would have thrown up. Um, Casper would have thrown up. It would have been a disaster. Uh, How much more do we want to cover on here? Yeah, let's just quickly get to the introduction of her parents. So after the bird scene, which isn't going to be the last we see of birds, by the way, uh, we get a hoedown that they go to. Why? I don't know, just to show how different these two couples are. Uh, it is kind of trying to be a little Titanic, I guess, at this point. Uh, they fight a lot, which involves a lot of physical abuse on her part. And I'm just going to say this. Rachel McAdams is not a large woman, <laughs> but she's twice the size of Ryan Gosling, I swear. <laughs> and if you're just going to make the argument that, you know, uh, domestic violence is wrong if one person is, let's say, stronger than the other. In this case, he is a very weak man. Like, this, this man's arms are the thickness of my thumb or ryan gosling's head uh he he does not look like he could defend himself it's not just he doesn't want to defend himself there is no way ryan gosling has it in him to defend himself against rachel mcadams uh eventually they show up at supper at her house and the mother who clearly doesn't like him she finds out that he makes what 10 cents an hour uh (laughs) decides that she wants to spill the beans that oh, Rachel McAdams is not going to be sticking around. She's going to be going to college in New York or whatever. This was another opportunity. Why the first half of the movie? The no drama here. They're supposed to be fighting all the time. They even, just before the scene started, they're showing that they're fighting all the time. And yet he finds out that she hasn't been honest, that in one week she's leaving and he's basically never going to see her again. And he's like, it's fine. And I'm like, well, he's playing it cool in front of the parents. The scene ends... And he doesn't even bring it up to her. Like, what an opportunity to have some real drama in the movie, and they do nothing with it. But let's just give a shout-out to here, the the best cast set of parents that they could ever find for Rachel McAdams. Uh, the mother, played by Joan Allen, who, as you found out in Anniversary Month 2017, for our Face-Off episode, has a massive dong. Uh, check Wikipedia if you can find it. And her dad who i believe is played by geraldo rivera in this movie uh so uh, shout out to the parents there a good part of the the family oh god um i've literally written as a second line of my notes bored already um because like i swear the first 20 minutes is somebody rowing on a lake um can i just point out something a bit controversial because all the things i read about this movie is oh the amazing chemistry between ryan gosling and rachel mcadams mm. I don't see it. I don't see the chemistry between these two. Is that a, a controversial thing to say? Because I just yeah. don't see the chemistry between these two. And knowing that they hated each other when they filmed this movie was is great. Obviously, they did each other for a couple of years after this. But it just... 
I just don't see it. I don't see the chemistry between these two. Um, the old woman annoys me. I'm, I'm turning into you. Um, <laughs> like, it's usually kids that annoy me, but yeah, this older Ali just, like, I, I get the sadness of the story. <laughs> Is that the sound somebody makes when they have dementia? <laughs> Apparently. Um, but it's just... And the thing is, right, okay, I coming into this, I knew how it ended. So I knew, like, the big twist. Oh, it's really the old couple. Oh, it's so sad. But even if you didn't know this, like, I swear it's so obvious, like, at the beginning. Uh, it's kind of like, at least, you know, and if you haven't seen The Sixth Sense, tune out now. Like, at least that first time you realise that Bruce Willis is dead, you don't know until right at the end. Whereas, mm. like, at least with this, like, within two seconds, you know. Um, yeah. It's 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 terrible. Uh, the reasons this movie also doesn't age very well is if Ryan Gosling was doing what he's doing to Rachel McCannons at the beginning with the Ferris wheel in 2019, that's sexual assault. And um, that's being a bit too persistent. Uh, and he's going to go to jail. Because she said no, Ryan. No means no. <laughs> like, don't climb up a Ferris wheel... And basically threaten to kill yourself if she doesn't go out with you. What the hell? <laughs> like, does that work? <laughs> Have, I been Have you ever tried it? I know, when Mallory dumps me before the wedding, I think I'm going to in the future. <laughs> I'll hold a knife to my wrist. If you don't go out with me, I'll cut my wrist. <laughs> and I'll let you smack me around, just like in the notebook. <laughs> And another thing that doesn't age well, or again, because it's a woman against a man, it doesn't have the same, uh, I guess, uh, impact as it would the other way around. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she's openly bashing this guy. Oh, but it's okay. It's just a woman and a man. It's domestic it's, violence. is fine. Well, it's not even like like in something like Gone with the Wind where you'll get those old movies where the woman gives the guy a slap across the face. Then he's like, you love me, baby. You tell me you love me. <laughs> it's actually it's it might as well be her with closed fist punching him in the nose. Yeah. Like that's how physical she gets with him in this movie. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you, and again, comparing it to Titanic, but like the scene when Billy Zane slaps Kate Winslet, you're like, oh, that's terrible. It's a man hitting a woman, you know, whereas... Like, this time around, she's just like, no, they're in love. It's okay. Look at them go, those kids. Um, <laughs> but can I just point out, Rachel McAdams, I'm not going to say it's Rachel McAdams. I like Rachel McAdams. The character of Allie. Everything else is Ryan Gosling because he's a twerp. But, like, she is the MJ of this world as well because she's got a boyfriend while some guy's threatening to kill himself in front of him. Ends up going out with mm-hmm. him. Ends up with James Mars and then back with... Uh, Ryan Gosling. Um, can we also point out Ryan Gosling is called Noah, so we really wish we had Noah doing this episode because <laughs> when have we ever done a movie? Oh, well, sure, he would love it. Oh, absolutely, Noah would love the Notebook. Um, yeah, the public displays of affection. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, it's I don't know how it is on this side of the world either. I don't think I've ever seen anyone make out in New Zealand except with a sheep. I'm not too sure. But, yeah, in the, in the 40s, I think it would have been a little too much. Can I just please, though, read out some iconic dialogue from The Notebook, okay? So this is the oh, scene please do. when they're uh, in the street, about to do the extremely romantic thing of lying in the street watching traffic lights. Um, Noah, what are you doing? Just come on. You're going to get run over by all the cars. My dad and I used to come out here and lay down and watch the um. lights change and watch them go from mm. green to red to yellow. That's a weird traffic light if it goes from green to red to yellow. Like, it's in a weird order. (laughs) You could try it if you wanted to. No. Why not? Because I don't know. Will you just get up? 
That's your problem, you know that. You don't do what you want. Okay. <laughs> Did you see why women get so horny watching The Notebook? Like, oh. But, but like, is this a thing? Laying in the middle of the road watching traffic lights change? Like, have I been wasting my time with candlelit dinners and going to the movie and going to the beach to watch sunset? I have to lay down in Main Street and watch a light go from green to red? Like, what? Like, what? <laughs> when Wayne and Garth were laying down on the hood of the car watching airplanes go overhead, it made sense. Traffic lights? Not the most exciting. They might as well be watching grass grow or paint dry. <laughs> it's so stupid. Like, this is not romantic. Um, so, yeah, good on them. They go off and have a fling and all this sort of stuff. And the dad's sure. I, I don't get Ryan Gosling's dad in this movie because, like, he's in it. And then literally within two seconds, it's like, when Noah's dad died. It's like, what? Yeah. <laughs> Where did that come and from? And that's not even the weirdest... That's not even the weirdest, most abrupt death in the movie. Wait till we get to his friend. Oh, the the, the most pointless war scene in the history of movies. Um, <laughs> but even, like, her parents, like, yes, massive Dong Joan Allen, great to see her. But, like, <laughs> I, I don't get the dad, because, like, it's kind of when she shows up late and he's kind of like, oh, you've been dating this guy. And he's kind of got, like, this smirk on his face where I'm kind of led to believe, like, oh, he's kind of okay with it. It's going to be the mother who's going to yeah. be a real pain. But... I just never get a read on her dad. Is he for this, against this? I don't understand it. Um, some other great dialogue, uh, maybe the most iconic dialogue in the history of movies. Do you think in another life I could have been a bird? What do you mean? Like reincarnation? I don't know. I think I could. Say I'm a bird. No. Don't do it. Say I'm a bird. Stop it. Stop it now. You're not. Say it. You're a bird. Yeah. Now say you're a bird too. If you're a bird, I'm a bird. <laughs> oh. <laughs> what does what that I even really mean? want to know is Is this bad script or is that from the book? I oh god, I, I hope it's from the book, just so we can just make fun of Nicholas Sparks. <laughs> um but even then like the next can bit you after get that. Get one of Mallory's books right now. <laughs> I don't know if she's got the notebook. Um just even the next bit after that though, when he's like jumping they're jumping in the water. And he's just, like, full-on yelling at her, Get in the water! Get in the water! <laughs> what? This movie is... Oh, my God. Um, yeah, I don't know what else to add. <laughs> I've lost it at the bird line. Oh, God. Um, so, we get the striptease scene uh, <laughs> as they're getting ready to get it on in this dilapidated house. Uh which, like, they're going to need tetanus shots. Oh, they're going to need a whole bunch of vaccinations after having sex there. Um, and I love that uh, this is one thing that's very real here. Uh, just as they're about to have sex, the, it comes up this line of dialogue. What are you thinking about right now? <laughs> I mean, I think it's a pretty small list of things that he's thinking about at that moment. <laughs> Imagine if he just quickly jumped in and was kind of like, James Marsden. I mean, um, you. Uh, you. Yeah. Absolutely you. <laughs> Uh, so his friend comes in, just barges in, and again, there's not like a freak out. Like, if this isn't the 60s. Uh, they're, not, they're not hippies. She should at least be like, don't you knock? Like, freak out on the fringe. He just saw your boobs. Um, <laughs> and, like, hey, her, her parents called the cops or whatever. So they take her home and realize that the parents have called the police. Um, for what reason? Like, is he a rapist or something? Uh, and yeah, 10 cents an hour, he must be. Yeah. <laughs> like they've known the guy all summer and they call the police like as if, you know, she's somehow been sexually assaulted. 
Um, and this eventually leads to uh, their breakup. Um, the the whole thing, the conversation that maybe should have happened, I don't know, five or ten minutes earlier in the movie when he realized she's leaving, all of a sudden it just comes to him now. Hey, you know what? You're going to be leaving, so we might as well break up. This scene, again, could have been a lot more dramatic. And she, of course, beats up on him because that's what she does. She smacks him around. I hate you. And I, I hate again, you. I hate all of you. I'm, Don't let me And I'm making false. notes that he is way too scrawny to defend himself here. Uh, so she wakes up the next morning to find out that her family's going home early. As if this would have changed the plot of the movie. Because it's not like... It, it, the way that this could have been more dramatic is they break up. He wakes up the next morning. He's like, you know what? I made a terrible mistake. I'm going to go and get her back. And then they're cutting back and forth between that and her parents saying, we're going home early. And you realize he made a mistake. She goes home early. He made he had no intention of finding her until basically he realizes she does leave. It's just a huge missed opportunity to have some drama here. Um, what else do we have to do? Yeah, so he sends 365, day, uh, 365 days in a row. He writes 365 letters. Oh, <laughs> This is why women get so wet. They just want a guy to write them <laughs> letters. 365 days a year. That's the dirtiest thing Colin's ever said on this show. <laughs> that and Joan Allen has a massive dom. <laughs> Colin finally worked but, out how babies are made, folks. Well done, Colin. <laughs> you write a girl a letter 365 <laughs> times, and then the stork brings the baby. That's why Jamie's pregnant right now, because... Yeah. <laughs> He wrote her a letter for 300. <laughs> Colin, I'm having twins. And like, why is this movie called The Notebook when it should be called 365 Letters? <laughs> How many alternate titles could there have been for this? There are more letters in this movie than notebooks. Exactly, yes. If there were one letter written on one day of the year, there would be more letters than notebooks. Uh, here we get, again, way too much stuff. Why do they spend so much time on these scenes of them watching traffic lights? And then we cut through what should be all the good stuff. Because now we get this seven-year jump where Ryan Gosling goes off to war. And I will say this was one of the things that uh, uh, made me excited about seeing the movie. Uh, Again, growing up, I was a big war movie fan uh, because of Saving Private Ryan. And any time a movie came out that had war stuff in it, my brother and I would go see movies that teenage boys should not have been paying money to go see. (laughs) We would pay money to go see because, like, perfect example. Have you ever heard of or seen the movie Captain Corelli's Mandolin with Nicolas Cage? Yeah, yeah. So – it's basically the notebook in Italy during World War II. But with Nicolas um, Cage is in it, I'm watching it. Yeah, and Christian Bale plays James Marsden's role. Um, and Penelope Cruz plays Rachel McAdams. Otherwise, the exact same movie. We, as teenagers, paid to see Captain Crowley's Mandolin because there was a moment in the trailer that showed a battle scene. We went to the movie and sat through two and a half hours of Nicolas Cage playing the mandolin and singing with a bad Italian accent <laughs> to watch five minutes of a battle scene the notebook was even worse because i remember thinking well at the very least because i'm not going to say i didn't pay full price to see this we have like uh, i'm sure you have them too like your cheap movie theaters where movies will go after they've really left theaters but before they're out on dvd or whatever i mean i live in a city right now where there's one movie theater so uh okay well (laughs) in in more advanced cultures ben (laughs) thanks new zealand (laughs) 
we'll have these theaters where they'll be playing like older movies. Like for example, right now, you know, it, it may be playing um, not not quite something like Aquaman yet, but uh, Bohemian Rhapsody might be playing at you know this theater now. And instead of paying ten dollars to get in, you pay like three dollars. So that's where I went to go see the Notebook. I paid full price for Captain Crowley's Mandolin, but <laughs> I did see the battle scene in the trailer, and I'm like, there'll be some war stuff for this movie at the very least. It is a ten second shot. <laughs> Filmed like, in Canada, why though. Is, is it really? Filmed just outside Montreal, apparently. Oh, not Winnipeg. Um, <laughs> I thought you were going to say, oh, not French. Canada. <laughs> yeah, it's not really Canada. <laughs> it's French Canada. That doesn't count. But then we get the most pointless death scene <laughs> in this whole movie. His friend who's been... A major character up at this point. The whole reason this couple is together. They go off to war together. There's basically, they cut to a shot of him standing over his friend's body as his friend takes his last breath and closes his eyes. And that's it. They write him out of the movie. There's nothing else to it. It's so bizarre. And during this time, you find out that uh, James Marsden um, is, I don't know, destroyed his beautiful face beyond belief and yet still is more attractive than ryan gosling because this is when jamie was like he's so much hotter than ryan gosling and i'm like he doesn't have a face it's like i don't care um and he's hitting on her as she's a nurse in the hospital uh we eventually get one of the scenes that i actually really do like in this movie because before i even get to the scene the proposal scene coming up with james marsden um you talked about the chemistry it is interesting because by the time this movie came out or maybe not long after as you mentioned it was very well known that rachel mcadams and ryan gosling were a couple and they even dated like on and off like they broke up and then a couple years later started dating again but yet at the time of making this movie i was shocked to realize that they hated each other so badly that ryan gosling asked the director nick nick cassavetes he said can you send in a different actress for my reading so when you're filming just my end of the shot can we just get somebody else in here because i can't deal with this woman like they could not stand each other and i feel like there are some moments where there's an interesting chemistry between them where maybe the, the tension scenes like it's it's believable but how did these two become a couple if they hate each other that much more than these characters fought that's how much they fought while making this movie so I, I, I kind of agree with you. I don't feel like the chemistry is all there. Um, but I do feel like it's there with James Marsden because this proposal scene when they're out at this club or whatever with the parents and, you know, he, they're singing along to the song and everything. And he gives this proposal and talking about, you know, why, why wouldn't we get married and everything? It's kind of a fun scene. Like, it's not like this is the greatest dialogue in the world, but it's presented a different way. I'm like, this is a charming guy. Like, I want to marry him. Yeah, me too. <laughs> Let's all marry James Marsden. Not just because we feel bad for him, because he's so charming. And, and so good looking. And <laughs> he's, he's the whole package. Like, forget this. Jamie, you can, you can go find Heath Ledger, or, or he's dead, uh, Tom Hardy, or whoever else now. Go find Keanu Reeves. I'm leaving you for James Marsden. <laughs> he's that good of a guy, because you could present this character in the way that... Uh, this is what I wanted to get into about female character or females watching a movie differently than male care. Uh, char- I keep saying characters like we're not real people. Ben and I are real people. <laughs> I am a real Probably. boy. Uh, <laughs> one of us is. But uh, the way that I always complained that chick flicks like this were made was that even if it wasn't like a love triangle like this, the male characters always portrayed as being so perfect 
that it's just unrealistic and you don't buy it. And the, the ones that I tend to like, like I kind of mentioned Addicted to Love with Matthew Broderick, mm-hmm. uh, You've Got Mail or Sleeps in Seattle and like 13 Going on 30 with Mark Ruffalo are ones where the guys are just believable. And James Marsden's character in any other movie would have been like so perfect that it's just annoying. But he's kind of got this playfulness about her, uh, him where you get that she would fall for this guy. And he's way more charming than Ryan Gosling. And it's not in like a put on way, like you said. At no point during this movie do they make him an unlikable guy. There's a moment where they should have given him a little bit more of aggression. But it's just it's so weird that this character is not a bigger part of the movie and that they don't make this decision she makes a little bit harder because it's not even that they're presenting him as a perfect way. He just is a good guy and he's a well-written character and I give credit to James Marsden for playing it. Um, So the proposal scene I kind of like. Ryan Gosling comes back from the war and finds out... (laughs) Just like the death scene, everything just is dropped on the audience. So, by the way, I sold the house. <laughs> and here, here's the money for it. And you're going to build that dilapidated house you once almost had sex in. Uh, and we're going to move in there. That's right, because I'm moving in with you. But before any of that happens, I have to die. So see you later, son. <laughs> and then it's just an intercut with this montage of him building the house. And then all of a sudden, the house is just there. Like, the seven years they're apart just happens so quickly. And I feel like that's the stuff I wanted to see. I want to see him and his dad do a little bit more, like not just because Sam Shepard's such a good actor, but because let's see these characters have relationships with other people. And I want to, have you ever seen the movie Life is a House with Kevin Klein and Hayden Christensen? No, but I want to because it's got Hayden Christensen in it. it. You should because it, it proves Hayden Christensen is a really good actor. And it, it's basically a movie about Kevin Klein who finds out he's dying and he wants to spend the summer building a house with his son, but he doesn't tell his son he's dying and his son can't stand him. And I kind of, I want to see that here. I want to see the father and son working together. Um, we don't get any of that. I want to see more with the the love story between Rachel McAdams and James Marsden. We get none of that. Uh, what we do get is uh, as he's sleeping around with this other character that has no development, Martha Shaw, <laughs> Uh, which you get was just friends with benefits or whatever. She's at her dress fitting for her wedding, and she sees a picture of him in the paper that he finished this house, and she faints. Like, is it that much of a shock? You haven't spoken to this guy in seven years. You pick up a newspaper, and there's this picture in it. If she had heard that he was dead or something, like he died in the war, forget about him. Like her mother said, don't worry, he's dead. I can understand her fainting, but she faints because she sees a picture of him. Is she fainting because he has a beard all of a sudden and she's never seen a beard before? <laughs> Which, by the way, that was a big deal. Like I, I remember when this movie came out, one of the big things that was going around was that Ryan Gosling was going to bring back the beard. And it's so funny because I look back at that now and I realize that nobody had a beard in 2004 until The Notebook came out. And slowly it's become such a big oh, thing. Don't where, tell me you know, I've got a beard now because of Ryan Gosling started the you trend. Do. So I'm you fucking do shaving that. this shit off. He started a trend. I remember distinctly this movie being credited with bringing back the beard. So maybe that's why she fainted. I don't know. Ben's just fainted. Sorry. He just found out. I'm going to get the shaver. (laughs) Can we just hear an electric razor in the background? (laughs) This is sound effects throughout the rest of this episode. Um, So now we find out that uh, the old couple, this is where it starts becoming more obvious that uh, they're... Uh, the the same couple because uh, she says, oh, I think I heard this story before. And then he's like, yeah, I'll pick up the story later. So he leaves to go get his heart checked out 
because of course he's gonna have to die later a spoiler and the nurses are saying like why don't you play the piano and oh i don't know how to play a piano yes you do uh so they're really hammering it in there as if we haven't guessed already she has dementia uh they have to basically remind this character all the time of everything you do uh so this is a spoon oh i don't know how to use a spoon sure you do like that's how bad it gets at this point james garner gets his shirt off oh. here mm. by the way beautiful sight oh. he's got way better of a physique than ryan uh, gosling here so i think he could take rachel mcadams um he probably did and <laughs> <laughs> i mean i'm not saying anything just... about rachel mcadams i just mean like he's a He's a playboy, uh, James. Like, you know. <laughs> I just pictured James Garner and Rachel McAdams in the dilapidated house when the friends stormed in now. <laughs> Can somebody, like, re-edit that? Uh... <laughs> and is this a line in the movie? I wrote this down, and there can't be any other reason. Oh, how your fingers drowse me. <laughs> it's a poem. That's right. It's a poem that's written. Oh, how your fingers drowse me. I don't even know what part of the movie is, but like, who wrote this? Nicholas Sparks. Um, <laughs> Nicholas Sparks, thank you. Oh, how your fingers drowse me. Uh, we'll quickly wrap this up here. His kids come to visit. Of course, they're presented. These are his kids, and of course, they're her kids as well. Um, and then we get the worst actors in this movie by far, the family, as we get lines like, Dad, come home. She doesn't remember you. <laughs> yes we miss you like first of all worse dialogue but then even worse the acting just terrible um we'll stop right before we get to the 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 couple getting together again here but uh yeah they're they're separated for a while they come back together james garner takes his shirt off highlight of the movie um you mentioned hayden christensen it's coarse, it's rough, it's irritating, it gets everywhere. Oh, go. how did I miss it? <laughs> Just got to do it. Um, and funny, Hayden Christensen's story, actually. Uh, so I recently changed jobs, and uh, a girl who sort of had t- has taken my job at my previous paper, uh, you know, we've become friends. Her and her husband came over dinner the other night. It was fun, and she is Brazilian. She stole your job, and you invited them over for dinner? <laughs> yeah, that's how it works in New Zealand. Um... <laughs> She's Brazilian, and she previously worked as an entertainment reporter for a big Brazilian paper, and she was talking to me about how she's interviewed Hayden Christensen, and that they went to an event uh, with him, and he was one of the nicest people she'd ever interviewed, and that her husband went to this event, and Hayden Christensen gave her husband a watch, because he was there obviously promoting some... He was like a face for a watch company or something like that. I don't know. So her husband owns a watch given to him by Hayden Christensen. And I said, well, that is the coolest watch you could ever have. Um, on a side note, she's also interviewed Tom Cruise as well and said that she was one of the nicest people that uh, she interviewed. So. <laughs> and again, I'm, I'm a fan of Hayden Christensen. I think he's done a lot of great stuff even outside of Star Wars. But... Her lead-off was, you know I once interviewed Hayden Christensen. <laughs> what? Oh, and Tom Cruise and some other people. <laughs> um, funny story, true story. Um, are we ever going to get a movie? Because, again, we said that this is like Titanic and another hundred different movies. It's always like the rich, proper girl and the boy from the wrong side of the tracks who the parents don't like. Can we have the opposite? Can we have like the rich boy? Yeah. <laughs> And, like, the girl from the wrong side of the tracks. <laughs> like the yes. Is there actually I a movie with that. that? Yeah. I thought about that. Like, why Why is this not a formula that works the other way? Mm. And, and the same way that why would this movie be viewed differently if Rachel McAdams' character was the guy 
and he had a woman he was engaged to, and he found this old woman he used to be in high school with. This movie's viewed completely differently, changing nothing about the story other than the genders. Would Pretty Woman be the classic case of that, perhaps? In what way? What? Well, I mean, rich Is guy, the rich guy oh, falling for a girl it. from yeah. the wrong side of the tracks, and like, is the only way you can do that because a girl's a hooker? <laughs> like, it's kind of. <laughs> I don't know, but I just, uh, yeah, I was thinking that. It's just like, why does this not work the other way around? Mm. Like, it's just, it's odd. Um, I don't. I'm not going through all my. You've covered everything. I don't. You know, the war is like the worst scene in the history of movies, and like, it's yes. just oh look, they're all naked, covering their bits up. Um, and there's, what's a terrible narration when, um, they say something like they were all Noah or someone else or something when they're fighting in the war, like when she's, is it when she's, um, the voluntary nurse and it's like, oh, they're all all Noah or someone else. Like, I don't remember that, but I remember that when she got proposed to, she's like, it was the happiest moment of my life. But for some reason, Noah's face came to mind. Like, okay. And then she said, Oh, how his fingers drowse me. <laughs> I get, like, the point of this whole story is that, you know, you've all got that one part in your life when you've been in love with someone and it's all encompassing and it's all like, wow, like, we've all had that. But we don't all end up with that person for many reasons because sometimes just because you're that in love with a person doesn't mean they're the right person for you. Like, it's it can be a one-month fling and like, oh, God, I've never felt love like that before. It doesn't mean it's good. Like, they could just have a nice bum or something like that. Or they could look like James Marston. Like or Rachel McAdams. Exactly. Yes. But, like, it's just... it's And, like, seven years is a long time to still look at someone and think of they'd look like that. Like, it's just dumb. Um, Even if they have a beard. Yeah. And also, like, I think the honest, the honest trailer Everything Wrong With points out a very good point about the letters. Is that if he's sending one every day for 365 days a year... At least for the first month, would she not be rushing to the letterbox to get this? Isn't she a bit yeah. suspicious that her mum was like, don't go checking the mail, Allie. Bad girl. Go yeah. to your room. <laughs> like, <laughs> Or she's just like, you know, I think we'll go check the mail. No, 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 no. You just take a seat. I got it. It's okay. <laughs> and it's her no, mum home exercise. every day at the same time the mailman comes. Like, she sleeps outside waiting for the mailman. <laughs> <laughs> Do they not go away for a night or two? <laughs> like, it's just... Um, and how much was a stamp back in 1941 or whatever year this was? Like, he makes 10 cents an hour. Like, <laughs> And why is he so anti, like, I'm not going to New York. It's a big city. What do I want to go there for? He moves to Atlanta. It's a big city. Yep. Bloody idiot. Um, <laughs> but can I just say, what a scene that is when James Marsden's standing in his car in his uniform and all the girls are like, oh, he's so... Oh. Wow. Come on. <laughs> Even the other women are like, this guy's much better. Well, there's been a few moments in these recaps over the years that I, I shouldn't really be saying, like, you know, the whole Daniel Craig, grate some cheese on his abs, <laughs> things like that. Like, you know, okay, I'm comfortable in my own sexuality that I can own up to that. But, like, Jesus Christ, he's hot. Uh, what a beautiful <laughs> man. What an absolute dish. You know, uh, can I just... <laughs> can I just point out the not-so-obvious here? Um, and this isn't, we're not, don't make judgments be like, oh, these sick men, objectifying women. But we did have the conversation. We were talking about the notebook, you know, Rachel McAdams in this movie. And it's like, oh, she's kind of nude in the movie, isn't she? I'm like, ah, yeah, I think so. 
Um, we haven't even brought that up, and that scene has come and gone, and yet we have talked about James Marsden's beauty <laughs> more than Rachel McAdams' name has been uttered in this podcast. Well, the thing I was reading, uh, I don't know if it was about uh, an interview with a director or somebody else about saying about how they wanted to limit the nudity because they wanted this to be a film that all ages can watch. Again, to case in point, reverse situations that you can show Brian Gosling shirtless seven times in this movie, and yet you don't get to see one nipple from Rachel McAdams. Like, that's not fair, all right? Or James Marsden. Or James Marsden. Where's James Marsden's nipple? <laughs> I want to see James Marsden's nipple, everyone. Um, I do like the proposal scene. I will say that. Like, I And the chemistry between them is great. Like, James Marsden just got chemistry with everyone. You said that about Tim Allen last week, but, you know, James, yeah. come on. Famke Jansen... Kate Bosworth, like Brandon Routh, um, all that, <laughs> <laughs> all that chemistry. <laughs> um, why does he start wanting to shoot people when he's trying to sell? I don't get that. Like he got so mad at the house, he wanted to burn it down, and then he tried to sell yeah. it, but then he kept refusing the offers. Like, is that meant to be like a bit with the women? Like, oh, he's such a bad boy. Oh, he doesn't want to sell his house. Oh. Those letters got poor, like, wet. Oh, yeah. This poor elderly couple who's like, we think it's a beautiful house. We're gonna offer you above your asking, and they get a gun pulled on them. This guy's like going to jail today's day and age. Like oh, he he's threatened suicide so far. He's threatened suicide. He's tried to shoot an old couple for making a fair deal. He grew this beard and started a trend that has Ben's life ruined. This man belongs in prison, and he's a rapist, according yeah. to the parents. Both these people are horrible people, all right? Like, they are. Noah and Ali are horrible people. <laughs> they really, really are. Um, but James Marsden, what a, what a, oh, what a man. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah, the random woman that he's sleeping with. And what's that line she says when she's like, a woman knows when she looks at a man and he's thinking of someone else. No, she doesn't. I've done that with pretty much every woman I've been with, except maybe, like, two. <laughs> Not once has a woman ever said to me, like, oh, I know you're thinking of someone else. Because I'm like, you're probably thinking of someone else, too. I don't care. You know, <laughs> Rachel, McAdams, <laughs> Rachel McAdams at least had the, the brains to ask him the question, what are you thinking about right now? This other one just assumes. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Oh, my God. Um, and, yeah, the, the newspaper article, how slow is the newspaper world in the 1940s? The article has been published now. Hasn't he redone that house, like, months ago when it's on the market? Like, why is that article there now? And why is a, a picture of him on the same page as, like, the social gathering pages or whatever it is? Like, and, yeah, she faints. It's seven years. Like... I'm not going to faint if I see an ex from seven years ago. Like, I'm like, oh, they're in the newspaper. Good for them. Moving on. Well, um, if they had a beard, you might. Yeah, well, <laughs> shit. Well, <laughs> they're not a. <laughs> they're not skin, skin, skinless, skinless, skin. I don't know what I'm saying. <laughs> um, yes. Um, I think I've covered everything I need to cover. I, I just want to draw attention to one of the reasons that this movie doesn't necessarily work that line i keep making fun about all your fingers drows me apparently it's a very famous poem from walt whitman um just proving that even literature can be ruined by the bad writing bad direction and bad acting in this movie uh but nothing is more disgusting than what we're about to see 
which is they get back together. Not they get back together, or she shows up because she says, "Oh, you know, I want to go to clear my head." And James Marsden's like, "Okay." Um, she shows up at the house. Uh, they have you know a nice talk. They meet again the next day and go out on a boat ride because what else is there to do in this movie but be on a boat and have people die without a mention? Uh, the most disgusting thing I have ever seen is them rowing through this pond surrounded by geese, which I guess is supposed to look like romantic. Oh, look, there's geese everywhere. Nobody who has ever been around a goose is watching that scene <laughs> and not throwing up in their own mouth. Spike like a true I mean, Canadian. <laughs> yeah. Like, geese, we've talked about this on, on The Brink. Uh, geese in Canada, uh, the Canadian geese or whatever, you know, they'll migrate, but but you'll have them around the summertime and even into the fall anywhere where there's water. I mean, if you have a large puddle, there's probably 1,600 geese surrounding it. They're vicious creatures. They will basically charge right at you with their wings out. Um, at our work, we had, like, man-made ponds or whatever and fountains, and there's so much geese around there, they had to put signs up that actually say, warning, geese will attack. <laughs> And no matter where you walk, it's just geese poo everywhere. Like, everywhere. This pool is infested with geese poo. I know it. And I was just Googling. I'm like, those aren't, there's no way those are geese. Why would they do something so disgusting in a, a, a romance movie to Google it and just find several articles of people talking about how unsanitary that scene is <laughs> with them in this pool of geese? So if you've never been around a goose... This scene is fine for you. If you've ever been around a goose, this is disgusting. It's 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 like if they decide to take a stroll through a pig pen. Um, and then again, there is no way he has the upper body strength to row like he's rowing in this movie. <laughs> so we get the rain and the most overly dramatic music ever. It's so cheesy. Uh. We get her all of a sudden just now asking, why did you never write to me? And him saying, I wrote you every day for 365 days. And all of a sudden, they fall into each other's arms. They're wet. Their boobs and bums and scrawny arms are showing everywhere. And all of a sudden, she's cheating on a really nice guy. Um, They finish, and they're like, let's do it again. And you know what's on my mind, right? There is no way he has the lower body strength to do it two times in a row. I'm sorry. Well, any man in general can't exactly just go straight away. Like, I'm sorry. Like, it's it's just not how men work. Sorry, women. But and this, this is the unrealistic expectations that women have from these movies. That, oh, yeah. my God. I can fuck a man and straight away fuck him straight again. He's going to recover so quickly. Thanks, Nicholas Sparks. Like, right now, in reality, Ryan Gosling's like, can you ask me that question next Tuesday? Yeah. <laughs> Give me a moment. Can we just go get a coffee or something first? Like, come on. Recover, mate. <laughs> and then another really bizarre scene, which I actually kind of like in a weird way, although I wish it were completely different, is where his, um, I don't know, other girlfriend shows up at the house and he just comes outside and without them saying anything, Ali shows up at the door. Hey, you must be Martha. Want to come in? Martha. Like, they both... Thank you, Martha. <laughs> Why did you say that name? <laughs> Why is this movie is better 
the, the one of the most hated lines in movie history. Nobody should say that name. Um. So she shows up. They both acknowledge that they know who the other one is. Like know the whole story. And yet they're just like, "Hey, come on inside." We see nothing. I I I like. The, just the sadness that this woman has and how awkward the situation is. But again, how much further could you have gone with this to have it just be really awkward for a while? And then they just cut from her walking in the door to her leaving saying, ha, thanks for a good time. See you later. Have fun screwing my boyfriend, you know? <laughs> and then she just leaves. Well, I'm really glad you found happiness, Noah. <laughs> like, it's just so weird. The side people are just weak in this movie. Like oh, Between her yeah. and James Musk. Oh, well, if you choose him, shit happens. Moving on. I've got my cotton industry to get on to. Tra-la-la-la-la. This is why I say the movie's not unredeemable, though, because I've come up with very simple solutions of how you make this better. Like, give any development to these people. Um, and uh, what's following? I don't even know what this is. Uh, uh, who's Richard? I've made several notes about somebody named Richard here. Who's Richard? Um, yep, Richard, the Richard, I don't know. <laughs> I even wrote, I wrote a line about Richard, and then my very next note is, who's Richard? So, Hatch? I watched this, 24 hours ago I was watching this, and they mentioned somebody named Richard, and I made a point of noting who's Richard, and I've already forgotten what the mention of Richard is, so. Um, um the only Richard when you search for it is art department mill foreman, <laughs> Richard M. Cole worked well, on this movie. It. Uh, prop yeah. maker Richard Hill, uh, graphic designer Matthew Richard Harris, set dresser Richard Karpinski, or is it visual effects, digital supervisor from Illusion Arts Richard Patterson, or casting department Richard Fooch? Yeah. Ali was sleeping with all of them. Oh, yeah, um, of that's what... So was Ryan Gosling. So... <laughs> yeah. But yet nobody touched James Marsden. What is wrong with this world? I know. What is wrong with you, Richard? Sleep with James Marsden. He's beautiful. <laughs> Um, so she wakes up in the morning and he has a bunch of arrows pointing out the door. Oh, this is the stuff women love, um, which leads to painting because she mentioned that she hasn't painted in a long time, which he doesn't know. And yet I don't even remember a point earlier in the movie where it ever being mentioned. She painted in the first place. That's probably just me or it could just be the movie doesn't set anything up. So what does she do? She sits there. Probably, uh, along with I don't know the dad and the friend is just another thing that has no explanation because they feel no need to explain it. Um, she paints on the front porch in the nude. I mean, this is not the 1960s, <laughs> and you probably couldn't do this in 2004, uh, especially from this proper family. Um, there's a quick phone call from her mom. Her uh, well, I don't know if it was from her mom or not, but somebody was basically saying the, the mom's going to be coming and she's bringing James Marsden because he knows what's going on. Uh, again, I can't, I can't even begin to stress how bad a, a guy watches this movie and feels for James Marsden when the previous night she showed up at the hotel and he's like, you know, I called your hotel a hundred times. I want to make sure you're okay. And this is not presented in a way where he's some controlling boyfriend. He's like, I, I, I needed to know where you were. There's only one hotel, and I wasn't sure where you were. It's kind of late. Are you okay? Yeah. Then 24 hours, 36 hours pass, and she he never hears from her. How bad does this guy feel, especially now that the mom has basically clued him in what she was doing down there? Like, I legitimately feel like my heart is breaking for James Marsden here. <laughs> and I don't understand it because... 
like you're right. Like there, there's no way they're painting him to be an asshole, and I feel like that is a huge plot thing to overlook because. I think you need to have that in a movie like this. And it's not just a case of men and women viewing it differently. I think in any type of film where you've got a triangle and you want them to end up together, like there's there's one clear couple you want to end up together, there's got to be a flaw and the one that you don't want. And it's not a TV series where you can drag this on for, you know, five seasons of the will they, won't they? It's a two-hour movie. And there's, like, again, legitimately nothing wrong with James. Absolutely nothing wrong. Again, we defended Billy Zane, but, yeah, you can kind of find a few flaws there with him. There's nothing wrong with James Marsden. And here's my question. Should the movie have given you something to not like about him? Yes. Or like bad teeth or he farts or something. Like, I don't know. <laughs> Or he's the one who takes her on the ride through the goose poo, and she's like, this is disgusting. What's wrong with you? Like, the cotton farm, but, he's still hiring slaves, like, something like that. Like, yeah. you know, like, just have something that makes him, like, a dick. Like, just some little tiny thing. Maybe that's what it is. Speaking of dicks, who knows? He's got a small dick. <laughs> he's got a small dong. <laughs> there it is. We've solved it. There's the problem. <laughs> I mean, her expectations with her mom being Joan Allen is that <laughs> Dong should be much larger than James yeah. Morrison has. <laughs> and we saw that reaction of her face when Ryan Gosling took off his pants. Like, clearly yeah. he's got a... No, Ryan Gosling has a little <laughs> Dong, let's be honest. I'm sorry, women, but, like, he's Probably got a little Dong. Yes. It's the size of thumb. Um, but here's, here's the one thing I want to say, and I'm just going to group in everything with the end here, but I just want to pose this question. Do you make James Marsden unlikable in any way which is the predictable way of doing it or do you just develop his character even more so that the real drama of this movie could be her making that choice because the next scene that comes up with the mom where the mom suddenly takes her says you don't know the whole story and she reveals i once was in love with a poor man who you know just worked a meaningless class job and i chose your father the mother has i like this scene because the mother says something that you don't expect which is i love your father dearly She's not saying, you know what, I made the wrong choice, but I did it because of money and security, which is what you've assumed the whole time. She's like, I made a choice for more reasons than one. Money and security is something you have to consider. Are you going to have a life? Now, why the mother's having this conversation with her when this house that he built could be sold for (laughs) $40,000 in $1945 or or $1950? Like, he is rich now. There's no question. If she wants him, take him. But it's an interesting idea that the mother says, I wonder if I should have stayed with this guy, but yet I loved your father too. And what we eventually have coming up when she does talk to James Marsden uh, is a bit of that dilemma that that I think kind of works in this movie where she is like, there's nothing wrong with you. And this is the hardest thing I've ever had to do. What I don't like is James Marsden saying, I have three options. I can shoot him. I can kick the crap out of him or I can leave you but none of those get me you. (laughs) He basically says, I'm upset, and then is instantly forgiving. And this is exactly the problem I had with Bohemian Rhapsody when Freddie Mercury reveals to his wife, not I'm gay, but I'm bisexual. And then she's like, it's not your fault. Well, it is because you're still choosing to cheat on your wife, and you have been choosing to cheat on your wife. She's cheating on you. Have a few moments. That's all I want in Bohemian Rhapsody is just a few moments of the wife being like, I can't believe this. Why would you do this to me? And then being like, you know what? It's fine. Give us that moment of James Marsden's rage because this is the moment every guy's like, you know what? 
go off and try to shoot him and then come to your senses and be the nice guy. But don't just instantly be like, none of them get me you. He should have at least five minutes where he's like, why would you do this to me? I should break up with you. I want to see some drama in this. Okay, but yet, like in a weird Billy Zane going after and shooting him. I hope you enjoy your time together. Yeah. <laughs> where the real hero <laughs> gets his moment. Um, but then she basically says, like, I feel like I'm two separate people. She really is. She's two separate people. It's just everything in this movie that works that could have gone further with. And why not go further even with the whole thing about her being two separate people? Um, it's a reveal she's got Jason... split personality disorder yeah, plot twist exactly. <laughs> and then it becomes like James McAvoy in Split or in Glass <laughs> <laughs> and some of them are kidnapping little girls uh, <laughs> imagine the movie oh but watching that anyways it, it ultimately comes down to her saying you know I don't know what to do uh, and they instantly cut to her making the decision of choosing Ryan Gosling. We barely had a moment of Ryan Gosling telling her, because he's the one who's like, no, this is about money or whatever. And then he's just leaving. Like, they have their blow-up, but James Marsden doesn't get the blow-up. James Marsden gets the nice moment where she gets to reveal something like, you know, I- I'm not a terrible person. Ryan Gosling doesn't get that. They just fall into each other's arms, and then it cuts to the old people. For the rest of the movie... Where she's like, it was us, wasn't it? You realize the old lady remembers. Dementia cured. All it takes to cure dementia is a notebook. (laughs) This is where scientists have gone wrong all these years. Um, But, of course, she forgets instantly. And, oh, that's so sad. Um, Which becomes even more confusing when suddenly she remembers again (laughs) after forgetting five minutes ago. And... He has a heart attack, and what 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 do I even have? This is the end of the movie, isn't it? Yeah. Um, the woman, the woman lets basically lets him go find her, or lets her go find him. I can't even remember what it was. And she loses her job, this nurse, because she's breaking all the rules and laying them out. And she remembers again, and this whole ending just happens way too quickly, just like the opening of the movie. It just feels disjointed. They come together in bed. Um, oh, that sounds a bit weird. <laughs> they they come they finally consummate their relationship fifty three <laughs> years later. The moisture the from three hundred sixty five days of, of yes. letters was drying up, so they had to get to it. Um, and then it all ends with them dying or him dying or I don't know. Do they both die? Oh, I don't know. Didn't we go over this in Titanic? Is Rose really dead at the end? Like it's kind yeah, of... <laughs> it's it just happens so quickly. That I feel like there's no chance for the audience to respond. And, and maybe because the main audience for this movie was teenage girls, you know, it, it, it's the same thing with like the Transformers movie. Why are the Transformers movies so fast paced? Because teenage boys, the attention span's not there. You don't need all that development. It's just the cheap sentiment. This movie really is just cheap sentiment. When you were saying about like how everybody cries at the end, I don't remember even feeling particularly emotional when I saw this. And you think there are things that I remember from this movie like 15 years ago. Um, I remember the ending being, like, oh, well, it's of course, the, it's it's the same couple who's telling the story. I remember something about dementia. I remember nothing about somebody dying. So I don't feel like this is that effective an ending because just like the friend dying earlier, it just sort of happens. And why not have a scene with a funeral after that? Or uh, one of them dies and the other one I can't live with it. Like Everything in this movie just feels like it could have been done better. Um, 
it's so weird because I started off saying like I really am not just going to bash this movie. I haven't found a lot to be positive about here. Except for James Marsden. <laughs> Except for that beautiful man, James Marsden. Oh, oh dreamy. And, and I remember 15 years ago watching this movie. And again, like you said, it's pretty obvious to everybody what the plot is here and that this couple is going to be them. Why they have different news, what, names, why he's called Duke and she's called Mrs. What's her, her, her last name they give her? Grandma. Mrs. Grandma, yeah. Um, I, I remember one point thinking, how great would it be if James Garner is revealed to be James Marsden? <laughs> <laughs> 15 years ago, I thought that. And it wasn't just, oh, well, he's such a better character. I'm like, well, it would be something you wouldn't expect. It's just, I, I just, uh, the movie is so predictable. And this is where I just feel like it all gets lost 15 years later because we've seen so many movies like this. And watching it 15 years later on this anniversary it just it it feels so unoriginal yeah well i think that's the thing with um this whole movie is that it is just exactly the same movie as so many other movies and um i mean i've got a couple of thing comparisons i think i can bring up in a sec just quickly fifty thousand dollars in uh 1950 is worth five hundred twenty two thousand two hundred twenty four dollars and seven cents in 2019 so it's a pretty cheap house for what it is um mm-hmm. but south carolina prices uh perhaps um yeah i mean i don't really have a whole lot to go over certain things i mean the, the whole rain scene which is like the really famous scene from this movie and let's make out in the rain and it's like pissing down and oh it's all wet and like ah oh, it's just it's just one of these ones it's just i think you've seen so many times with not having seen this movie and it's just it's so cheesy and just the overuse of that dramatic like music which is making you realize how dramatic and romantic this is and here they are they're they're making out and it's like oh it's just oh it's great like no it's not it really isn't um yeah the whole arrows and the painting and the fuck fest and everything and like you're absolutely right with jane like he's not being overbearing or anything james marsden he's this isn't like 2019 we can text someone or like you know see if they've been online on facebook She's literally gone to him like, I just need to go get a few things sorted out. I'll be back in a couple of days. Like, I'm going to be suspicious if Mallory says that to me. Like, don't communicate with me for like three days. Like, no. Like, <laughs> I don't know what you're up to. But I do trust her and I love her. Um, I th- <laughs> The whole mother thing annoys the shit out of me because it comes out of nowhere. She's been such a hard ass on her about this the whole time. And then... Like, the whole time I'm watching this scene when she's like, that guy over there I had a thing with, I I keep thinking she's saying this, like, to... She's lying. I keep feeling like she's just going to say this and come up with some sort of story and be like, and that's when, you know, I found out he was a rapist and a murderer. So you don't really know these people. You should stay with the money. Like, again, Titanic. Like, the mother remains basically, uh, you know, against her with Jack the whole time. And it works. Like, because it's, again, it's more like, oh... Screw the establishment. Screw what everyone else wants. This is what I want. Finally, I'm going to do what I want for once in my life. Like, that works. This doesn't... Because it just feels odd. It's kind of like, okay, so... The mother is basically saying, go fuck Ryan Gosling and we're going to lose out on all this money. Uh, like, what does the dad think in this situation? Like, your reputation and all this sort of stuff. Um, it's just odd. I don't like it. James Marsden, poor guy... 
Um, the, the weird comparison I was thinking of, like, just another random chick flick, which, you know, it's kind of a middle-of-the-road chick flick. Maid of Honor. I don't know if you've ever seen Maid of Honor with Patrick Dempsey and um, Tom Cruise's wife from Mission Impossible. Um mm. But, like, that's kind of, like, a similar thing in a way. Like, it's got the old, like, oh, he should have had her when he wanted to, but now she's fallen in love with someone else and he's got to try and win her back. And, like, kind of the girl that... The guy that she ends up choosing is kind of Mr. Perfect. Like, he's there's nothing wrong with him. But, like, ultimately, you know, she ends up with, spoiler alert, Patrick Dempsey. <gasps> oh, what a surprise. But, like, there is at least a scene there kind of going on your Bohemian Rhapsody sort of bit where, you know, like James Marsden bit here, there is a scene when he kind of accepts it, but then he at least punches Patrick Dempsey in the face and then kind of just walks off. You know, it's kind of like, it's got a satisfying bit to it. So I can definitely, I get your point. I think it kind of works. Um, and just like the bit where she shows up to the house and it's the overdramatic music and I chose you. And it's just like, oh God, shut up. Um, <laughs> it's just, it's over the top. Um, and... Yeah, and then just, like, the ending, like, uh, again, I sort of knew what happened, so it kind of wasn't a real surprise, but, like, I felt bad because we're watching this, and then they die, and then the credits come up, and I've literally gone, is that it? And I've turned to mm-hmm. Mary, and she's, like, bawling her eyes out, and I'm like, <laughs> oh, she's like, it's sad, and I'm like, is it? Like, the one I was thinking of, like, at the end, kind of, like, with an emotional impact, like, A Star Is Born, right? It kind of, to me, it's... A little bit quick, sort of, against spoiler alert, if you haven't seen Star is Born. Um, you know, when Bradley Cooper, like, kills himself, it kind of quickly cuts to things and the way it kind of ends. Like, the first time I saw it, I was like, oh, yeah, it's, it's quick. It's kind of sudden the way that ends. But at least we've kind of got that big emotional moment at the end with her singing the song. And then it kind of... The, the bit that really kicks me in the gut with that emotional bit at the end is when she's singing and it kind of cuts to her singing it with Bradley Cooper at the piano. And then you're like, oh my God, like there he is. And, you know, it kind of, that ends so much more effectively on emotional, emotional end. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. I, women just have, like, the, the expectations in this movie that men can fucking recover quickly and that dementia can get cured in five seconds. <laughs> <laughs> Ryan Gosling is attractive. Um, there's lots going on in this movie that just, it's so fake. So box office um this is very similar to galaxy quest last week that if you actually look at the box office numbers you know it made about 80 million dollars domestically um ranked number 32 so pretty much exactly what galaxy quest did a a few years prior to this um it's not like it was one of the highest grossing movies of the year but the expectation of this movie that you know should have just opened and then disappeared it just stuck around week after week after week because it opened with 13 million dollars ends up grossing over 80 million uh, that that is kind of crazy, and just like Galaxy Quest, it's just the reputation of this movie over the years just grown and grown. And I know there was this um, uh, something that Jamie was sharing with me. I guess something locally here. I don't know if it was a uh, a website or a radio station was doing this poll for like the greatest Valentine's Day movie, and like the Notebook made their top four of all time. It was up there. I think Pretty Woman won, but the Notebook was like right up there. And this is, uh, I would say, if you were to rank the most for this generation, the most impactful chick flicks, if you want to call it that, or romantic movies, this would easily be at the top. Because more than anything, I think the credit I will give this movie is that it brought a little bit more of an adult feel to teen romance movies or just teen movies in general. Because where it gets confusing is that, like I said, me, when this movie came out, I assumed, well, this is a movie for old people. Um, but 
when you realize it's about teenagers and that the movie actually resonated with teenagers, it did do some good because prior to this, any movies made for teenagers was Freddie Prince Jr. and hey, it was <laughs> why do you say that so <laughs> negatively? What's wrong with Freddie Prince Jr.? Well, let's be honest. Like, do you want a movie? I'm not even saying the Notebook itself, but a movie like the Notebook that's maybe mature has uh, a little bit of history to it. Or a movie about girls, you know, and guys in high school and making bets about, you know, taking the nerdy girl and making her Drew Barrymore uh, posing as a student. Like, that's what it was like then. And this movie did completely change um, romantic movies for younger audiences, which is why we've had so many imitators. And even for Nicholas Sparks, I mean... Prior to this coming out, yeah, there was Message in a Bottle. There was uh, A Walk to Remember. After this comes out, it explodes where it's like the Nicholas Sparks movie every single year. And probably the, the most successful that came after that was um, the, uh, uh, the one with Channing Tatum, Dear John. Uh, but then there was uh, the, the Lucky One, Safe Haven, The Best of Me with James Marsden. No. Yes. Uh, the longest ride, the choice we said last week, the lo- last song, Knights of Rodanthe with Richard Gere and Diane Lane. Oh. So he makes movies for teenagers and old people. Um, but yeah, it, it really did create a new genre, which I think is why it's interesting to talk about this on a 50th anniversary. 50th, 15th. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> we've been pod- we've been podcasting this movie for a long time. Yeah. <laughs> um, but box office, even just for Rachel McAdams, what's interesting is that this came out a month after Mean Girls. I mean, prior to this, Rachel McAdams was known for The Hot Chick with Rob Schneider. And she has these two movies come out back to back. Mean Girls makes $5 million more than this. Uh, both movies go on to become you know, considered classics. Uh, she's obviously, the her and Ryan Gosling are the big things to come out of this movie. Uh, it is weird that like, they're both still so relevant today, despite starting as teen actors. Maybe it's because they were a little bit older. Like, I think Rachel McAdams was in her mid-20s when this came out. Ryan Gosling, early 20s. You know, they've developed these huge careers. And obviously now we have, you know, Rachel McAdams in the Marvel Universe and everything. And she was on the TV show True Detective. Um, my favorite Rachel McAdams movies is actually State of Play, if you ever saw it, with Russell Crowe and Ben Affleck. Uh, no. Such an underrated movie. Way Not better than Spotlight. Spotlight. It, oh, I thought you liked Spotlight. I, would, I prefer State of... I mean, Spotlight is definitely a better movie, but State of Play I just find to be so much more watchable. Uh, and I, I think that she's probably better in State of Play as well. But yeah, the, and Ryan Gosling, I mean, I will say, I, I wasn't crazy about First Man. I thought he did an okay job of playing the most boring human being to ever live, Neil Armstrong. Um, what himself. Yeah. Uh, even the movie Drive, though, I mean, he gets so much credit for the movie Drive... I don't really get the big deal about him in that because he's just sort of playing Ryan Gosling. But still, huge careers for them. Um, what else do I want to talk about here? Reviews for a movie that's gone and become a considered classic and maybe because it was such a, a mature type movie, I always sort of had the impression it was a well-reviewed movie. It really was just your classic example of mixed reviews. I mean, it holds 53% of Rotten Tomatoes, which is by far the best-reviewed Nicholas Sparks movie ever. Um <laughs> Some of these reviews, I'm not even going to go through all of them. I just want to mention uh, one that d- just reads like a line of dialogue from this movie. Uh, uh, Wes- Wesley Morris of the Boston Globe, just talking about Rachel McAdams, says, She's soulfully committed to the suds in the story and fiercely attentive to the other actors. Jesus. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
And Roger Ebert, like, what's wrong with you, Roger Ebert? He says that the actors are blessed by good material. I mean, <laughs> if there's anything that holds this movie back, it's some bad material. But um, mixed reviews. Uh, let's just jump into the plot keywords here as soon as I find them. And then oh, we'll kind of give on. our... Notebook. I've already found one here for the oh. t- notebook month. Considering that you would think okay. this movie would be number one. It's number nine on the <laughs> notebook list. <laughs> what else is on there? Widows is number one, followed by Ocean's 8, A Quiet Place, and Papillon. Papillon? Papillon? Is that Papillon. 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 Uh, it, Hugo, and Wonder Woman, and Hot Fuzz are all above the notebook. Uh, I'm only going to read out one here because there's no way we're going to beat this. Lost Pants Month coming soon to the Oz Network. (laughs) The Notebook is number one, followed by American Wedding, The Sisterhood of the Traveling Pants 2, C-Spot Run. Uh, Bird Month. Uh, Bird. (laughs) Bird. Uh, starring Polar, Bird Box is only number two. It's got Bird in the title, and it's only number two. Hereditary and Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them. Or we could have Friendship Between Men Month. Ooh. Uh, is Brokeback Mountain number one? Surely. No, Bohemian Rhapsody is number one. The Walking Dead number two. Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. A movie that's not even out yet. And Supernatural. Um, wow. I'll give you one more to close on here. Lying Down in the Middle of a Street Month. Oh, Coming soon yes. to the Oz Network. Featuring The Notebook at number one, Gainsbourg from 2010, The Children of the Century, and The Man in High Castle, episode uh, Sabra. I really uh, that's think, a good show, by the way. I, I've got it. I just, I've never got around to watching it. Um, I really think that we're not going to be able to do it this year, but next year we really need to commit to just randomly choosing one of these and literally doing, like, laying in yeah. the street month. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Let's make that a challenge for this year. Let's pick. At the end of the year, we will pick what the most absurd yes. month we can find on the plot keywords is. And that becomes January of next yep. year. That is it. Challenge accepted. Done. <laughs> uh, what are you going to do? Are you going to buy it, rent it, or bin it? Uh, clear buy. I love this movie. Can't wait to do it again. <laughs> uh, it's going to be like the new room. We're going to do it every year. Um, yeah, the the bin category was made for this movie, so, um, uh, not, not, I will say, not the worst one we've ever done, but in the bottom yeah. five, probably, um, I would say the Emoji Movie, Dirty Dancing, um, the favourite, that'd be below this in terms of ones we've done in the past, but, um, yeah, it's bottom five that we've covered on this show, Martha. Uh, I came into this episode expecting to be like, I'd give this a low rent, I would have given it a high rent based on my memory of the movie, a low rent after watching it last night. After having to analyze the movie, I really do think that it is a bin. Uh, (laughs) I'm not going to go as far as say it's like, oh, this is so terrible. But I'm going to say people need to watch movies like this in Titanic objectively and remove the nostalgia from their mind. Because if you imagine this movie coming out today, imagine the exact same performances were given by two actors that you didn't love. And... The exact same movie comes out today, and it is not the originator of this type of subgenre. Most people would watch this movie and be like, well, that was okay at best. And that's kind of how I feel, but it's okay at best. This would be a rent to me. Uh, nothing better than that. But so you're binning it, though? Uh, yeah, I, I would say it's it's not unwatchable, but I would give it a bin, ultimately. Okay. Just making sure that I'm putting that down. Okay. So what's coming up next? 
I don't know. Do we two... decide if we're doing speed or true lies? <laughs> yeah, good we... movies. <laughs> I say we do true lies next. Ani. Oh. Yes. <laughs> you know, actually, it's funny. Somebody keeps sharing. There's like a video, the alphabet according to Arnie. And so that's like A is for B is for, and it's just like a quote. And the one that I always keep laughing at is D is for Dylan, you son of a bitch! <laughs> like, that's that real bro. What movie is that from? I have no idea. <laughs> just, I have to find it and tag you in it. It's just, it's just, I don't know what it is. It's just the way they then handshake and just, Dylan, you son of a bitch! <laughs> yeah, so True, True Lies. Lies is coming up. <laughs> Any quick comments on True Lies? Ah, uh, great movie. Um, I mean, it, I always get this in Last Action Hero sometimes weirdly confused because they kind of they're two Arnold Schwarzenegger movies that I think at the time were panned but have gone on to be cult classics. Um, and they, I mean, what they came out within a year of each other too, didn't they? But um, oh, I love True Lies, probably even better than Last Action Hero. Um, I mean, I love Tom Arnold, just random guy who I don't you don't see that much anymore um Jamie Lee Curtis is good uh it's just it's kind of it's it's to me it's just like Arnold Schwarzenegger does Bond um and it's like that's the best way of selling this movie um Bill Paxton's in this movie (laughs) um yeah it's just such a good movie I can't wait um to to do this one because oh so good you know, there's a lot of movies that I'm a massive fan of that I will watch all the time and I know it by heart. Um, I love, love, love True Lies. And yet I could probably, I'd say on one hand, I can count the amount of times I've seen this movie. I've probably seen it maybe a handful of times in 25 years. And I don't know why that is. It's just, it's it's not like I'm like, oh, True Lies, I don't really feel like that. It's just some movies I feel like are better if you don't know them by heart and it can kind of catch you off guard. So that's why I'm excited about this because it's been probably about five years since I've seen it. But yet I would easily put it up there as one of the best movies Schwarzenegger ever made. In some ways, I believe it is maybe just next to Terminator 2, the best movie James Cameron ever made, mostly because he had no hand in writing the script, really. And James Cameron really is a terrible writer. Uh, good stories, bad with dialogue. Uh, but it's just such a fun movie and it's unique and it's original. And I just remember when it came out, like it felt like something you hadn't seen before. And I kind of miss movies like that. Like it's, it's always good to do these anniversary months because we look back, what was it like when this movie came out? I think if a movie like this is released now, you feel like, okay, that's an interesting idea. 25 years ago, this was like, unlike anything you'd seen before. It was such a great plot and Schwarzenegger for maybe the first time combining action and comedy. It's just great. Um, And I don't remember everything about this movie, so I'm glad you're hosting it next week, Uh, but I'm so looking forward to doing it. Well, um, I'm glad to host it because that's my next role. I don't know where I was going with that. Move on. All right, so that'll be next week. And then following that, we have uh, wrapping it up Speed, also the 25th anniversary, a movie I do know by heart that I do watch at least once a year, if not more. Uh, And we're undecided. We may or may not have a bonus movie for anniversary month, but uh, we'll leave that as a surprise in case we don't end up doing it. So make sure to join us next week. Uh, listen to all of our other, other regular episodes going out. Like us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter. Subscribe to us on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, whatever else. My name is Colin, and seriously, who's Richard? 
And my name is Ben and mm, James Marsden. Thank you for listening to the Oz Network. Don't forget to subscribe to get new episodes delivered to your speakers every week. For more information, hit us up at theoznetwork.net.